What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at breakout wide receivers for the 2022 fantasy football season. So we're looking at wide receivers that come in outside of the top 12 wide receivers being drafted that have the that not just have the possibility that we think have a great shot at delivering top 12 results. So these are values and these are wide receivers that are going to break out for the 2022 fantasy football season. Let's get into it. All right, we're back with the bowl call fantasy football podcast on DFS army fantasy football channel over on YouTube, the podcast, all that good stuff. So make sure before we continue that you like, subscribe, and set your notifications button so you can get the best fantasy football info in the biz right here to help you crush your leagues. I'm here with Flex Shane, and we're talking breakout wide receivers, wide receivers outside of the top 12 that will deliver top 12 results in 2022. This is how you smash your league. Now, Shane, why don't you get us started? Yes, with some breakout goodness. All right. So for those who have been following along the show since the beginning, since all season, these aren't going to be new names for you, but we need to reiterate why we like these players so much. So first and foremost, my guy, I'm breaking out Michael Pittman, wide receiver of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Michael Pittman entering his third year, and every single year he's been continued to improve and frankly impress as a wide receiver the one thing that i want to say though kevin that i like the most is just the fact that bringing in matt ryan although matt ryan you know he's starting to get up there in age he is showing that he's got that ability to really make at least one fantasy football wide receiver relevant not just relevant like but top 12 wide receiver one out, a range of outcomes and so michael Pittman certainly fits that bill now when you look at some of the peripherals last season Michael Pittman finished extremely well in both man and zone coverages, right? So in 2021, he finished fourth against the zone and eighth against man, which means no matter what the formations are against them, he's going to be able to get to get open. Obviously, from a running perspective, JT in that backfield is going to mean they're going to have to pay extra attention to the backfield. It's going to get Pittman open. What's going to be so important, and if you go to the DFS Army Website right now. I just released it today. Sleepers of 2022. I talked about Paris Campbell. If Paris Campbell can stay healthy, and they actually have a, a competent wide receiver taking coverages against away from Michael Pittman. Pittman honestly has the potential to finish as a top five wide receiver next season. I absolutely love it. Um, he's just outside of that uh, that top 12 range. So I'm not breaking any rules, Kevin. But he's the guy wide that I'm definitely targeting. Pittman currently three. going off the board as wide receiver 14. So just outside that top 12. Uh, yeah, uh, that top 12. Um, yeah. We've seen last season with Cooper Cup, massive quarterback upgrade can lead. And, and that's a lot of kind of my picks as well. Massive quarterback upgrade mm -hmm. can lead to massive changes in perception of a of a player. Car Carson Wentz, one of the least efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. He really is trash. Feel sorry for the um, Washington Commanders fans. You will get to suffer with, uh, you know, yeah. the false goodness that is uh Carson Wentz uh he's he is fool's gold what do they call fool's gold like man I wish I knew if I could remember you're in Canada you're in gold country what's what's that material that that uh is fool's gold it's called like cryocyte or something like that I, th I, th I think it's called um 
oil sands oil. Well, have you oil? Have you crude? No, that's that's kidding. Canadian that's, gold. No, I'm just Yukon, kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. In the Yukon, they got all the gold. That's what you should be doing out in Saskatchewan. Get out back with the pants. <laughs> Can it? That's right. But um, well, listen, yeah, Carson Wentz is fool's gold. Um, <laughs> so last season you saw, but Michael Pittman's actual separation numbers, his metrics mm. were off the charts. There was a couple of young yeah. wide receivers last season that really didn't get to show as much, but metrics were off the charts, and Pittman is one of them. Um, he gets the Julio Jones role. He gets the Calvin Ridley role. He gets whatever one you call it. Much, much better quarterback with Matt Ryan. I love the pick. Um, even though he is just outside of that top 12. So it's a little um, uh, a little easy, but we're not going for super sleepers here. We're no. not going for super sleepers. I got some super sleepers. That's not what we're, we're going for breakouts. Going. We're going see, for breakouts. See, see Kevin. I, I was just going to say, Kevin, one of the key things with our analysis here is that a lot of the times, like some of these wide receivers are going off to draft boards high, right? It's like Michael Pittman. If you want him on your team, you're going to have to take him in at the end of the third. Part of identifying these players on this show today is going to say, help validate, okay, yes, we can endorse taking Michael Pittman at the end of the third round. If he falls to the yeah. fourth, it's a snap call, right? So yes, some of these guys aren't necessarily sleepers. The fantasy community is in on them, but we're here to validate or disagree with what the, with the yeah. what the draft market is saying today. So Pittman, in, I endorse that statement. Shane Seeley <laughs> endorses my Yeah, I, li I like Pittman. I love the new quarterback situation. And speaking of new quarterback situations, and, and this is a theme, my first breakout wide receiver um, is going to be Cortland Sutton. Now, Cortland Sutton's cu currently going yes. off the board as the WR17 in best ball drafts, right? The aforementioned quarterback upgrade is legit. Cortland Sutton's been catching. I believe that Drew Locke ruined Cortland Sutton. Drew Locke is one of the least efficient quarterbacks. I believe he was ranked 33rd overall in efficiency, meaning he was below the level of every other starting quarterback. And that includes names like Zach Wilson. Like, oh my God, how bad is Drew Locke, right? Like like Trevor Lawrence, all those horrible rookies. No, it was Drew Locke that was, was outside of the top 32. And he was ruining Cortland Sutton. But Cortland Sutton, people forget, this is a first-round draft pick. He was a monster. He was baby Megatron for a minute. And I actually think Cortland Sutton might be a better, not similar, but better version of what DK Metcalf was with Russell Wilson back in Seattle. Cortland Sutton's a little bit scary. He's never done it. We've never really seen him have a productive fantasy season, ever. A couple games. Throughout his career, showed some flashes, has never done it. So this is a little riskier. I think this is a riskier pick than Pittman, who I am absolutely certain pretty much is going to smash this year. But that's why you're getting him a few picks later. Corlin Sutton, breakout wide receiver. Possibility that this guy is a star and a comfortable top six or seven wide receiver next year if everything falls right for him and if the chemistry works out between him and Russell Wilson. And I'm going to throw... I'm going to throw a side like I could just as easily be Jerry Judy who's going and, and I'm not going to pick Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy's going a few picks later, WR 22. Mm -hmm. I picked Sutton because he's got the size and, and he's got some advantages and he's got better health than Jerry Judy, but it could just as easily be Jerry Judy. That is this breakout, but I think it's going to be Sutton. All right, next up, big Shane, who you got? Who I got. Okay, so we liked Michael Pittman, who's a third-year wide receiver. 
But let's talk about one of these year two wide receivers. Now, this guy's, I don't know. There's there's people that are going both directions. Even before the show, you and I were saying, is this guy going to be a borderline breakout? I'm going all in. I'm saying this guy is going to be a breakout this year simply based off the opportunity and the talent. And that's Rashad Bateman, the second-year wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. The bottom line about Rashad Bateman is, in my opinion, he was probably one of the top three wide receivers in the class last year. Now, he was drafted, what was it, 25, 26 last year at the end of the yeah, first round? He won he in the first round. first season. Yeah, but, but he had a brutal rookie season because he was battling that ankle injury pretty much all season. And the few games that he did produce, it wasn't with Lamar, right? So there are the skeptics out there that are worried about Bateman really being a true breakout candidate and valuing where he's being drafted. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 26 currently at 54 overall, right? So similar to these other players, you do have to pay a high capital to get Bateman on your team. But when you look at the numbers, obviously Marquise Brown is gone, right? But I am of the opinion that the Baltimore Ravens, albeit, yes, they want to run first, but they would have not have traded away their top wide receiver had they not had the confidence in Rashad Bateman to step up as a top wide receiver. In fact, there's going to be 267 vacated targets or 45% per, uh, market share that's vacated from last year. Now, even if you scale that down, say 10%, so you're looking at 225 odd targets, Bateman certainly can be a candidate to go and get 140 to 150 targets. The man's efficient. He's a more complete wide receiver than Marquise Brown. He can do it all in the field. Think of a young Stephon Diggs. That's the kind of talent level that Rashad Bateman brings to the Baltimore Ravens. You're going to find it's going to be Mark Andrews. It's going to be Rashad Bateman. They're both going to be good candidates for 140 to 150 targets next year. And then there's going to be guys like Devin DuVernay picking up the scraps. What do you think, Kev? Yeah, I mean, I, Bateman is a very obvious breakout potential guy this season. Um, Hollywood Grant. I, I think. I think the one thing I would caution against is, I don't. I don't think he steps right into the Marquise Brown role in the sense that Marquise had a special skill set. He had, you know, blazing speed. He's got that deep ball thing going on. Uh, Bateman is a little more traditional as a pass catcher, more of a Stefan Diggs, more of a great route runner, more uh, a little bit of possession going on with him. Didn't see as much of the the uh, incredible yaks that we saw out of uh, Marquise Brown. So I would I would only caution that in a low volume passing offense, where last season, remember Marquise Brown had this uh, the year before last. Marquise got a lot of touchdowns, but he wasn't as great because the Ravens were able to run the football last season. I would caution that they were running Lats Murray out there. They had Devontae Freeman. They had probably the worst group of running backs a running team has ever had in modern history outside of Lamar Jackson. Like, can you imagine trying to be a running team and your number one guy is Latavius Murray at 33 years old and Devonta <laughs> Smith, you know, uh, Devonta Freeman brought out of retirement. He was working at the shop, right? Yeah. I, I saw him down the street. He's yeah. packing groceries. They're like, come on out of retirement. They had no one. So I think they will go more run heavy this season. I think the passing volume in general will be down a little bit. I don't expect a Marquise Brown 2021 type season out of Bateman. I do think he breaks out, but I think he might have a little trouble making that top 12. All right, let's move on. Yeah, um, you say that. You say that. Hold on a sec, Kevin. Here. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? It's all about who you're going to be drafting in that range, right? So you can go, you can take a shot on Rashad Bateman, or you can 
pick, a bit of a safer play. Brandon Cooks is going shortly after him. Juju Smith-Schuster is going right around him. Those are the types of players that you're going to get. I'm talking about players that are going to win your league. And yes, you're right. There's a little bit of risk factor. You could take the the Brandon Cooks because, hey, he's on a crappy offense, but he's really the only wide receiver that they have. But May- Bateman really has that talent profile to break out and really just, just like he could wreck your yeah. fantasy league, and he could get there. So that's why we're talking a shot on Bateman. And I like hey, the youth. I'm I like the Bateman. youth factor. Um, yes. But I'm actually going to flip the script here and go a little older. Okay. The rare old mm-hmm. player breakout. But we're talking about wide receivers that we can get outside of the top 12 that can elevate to the top 12. And one of my favorites this year is Alan Robinson going off the board, WR23 overall. You want to talk about abandoned targets. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr., gone. Bobby Trees, gone. Bobby Trees, I like him for other reasons on Tennessee, but he's gone. Van Jefferson, turns out, not very good. So, with all of that said, we talked about what happens when you elevate the wide receiver for uh, the quarterback position for a wide receiver. Nowhere is this more apparent than a not over the hill quite yet, even though we all think he is. Allen Robinson, 28 years old, has never had even a top 20 caliber quarterback throwing passes to him, has toiled. In Chicago for way too long. Now he gets the Rams spot. And I got to tell you, as much as I love Cooper Cup, and he is an absolute killer out there, it's not like the Rams have a, a wide uh, a tight end that commands targets. The targets have to go to someone else. And Allen Robinson is an elite wide receiver, elite metrics, elite everything, just has never gotten a proper opportunity. I'm excited for the eighth year breakout from Allen Robinson this year. You never heard of the eighth okay. year breakout? Um, never. That's generally, new. Generally the speaking, year breakout. so Kevin, generally speaking, you and I are on the same wavelength. We're on the same wavelength when it comes to these wide receivers. I'm going to categorically disagree with you on Allen Robinson. In fact, <clears throat> just yesterday on this very channel, I had Allen Robinson as one of my bust candidates. Now that's, listen, I think Allen Robinson is going to be a fine wide receiver this year. The problem is, You have to pay the iron price to get him. He's going at 47 overall. That's ahead of Rashad Bateman, the guy that we just talked about. Allen Robinson, just ahead of him. He's going to be 28 years old. He's going to be 28 years old when the season starts. Okay. He's had really one electric season. Eh, I mean, eh, maybe, maybe. Here's the thing, though, right? Let's isolate the quarterback play last year because it was abysmal. Let's just call it what it was. Justin Fields wasn't ready last year. He didn't look good. Allen Robinson, there's that give a shit factor, Kevin. He lacked that to the nth degree. What was it? Did, I can't recall if they if they franchise him once or twice. I think it was twice. So I get it. I get it. But the thing is, though, from uh, those you know those advanced analytics last year, yards after the catch, he finished as 90th with 110 total yards in 12 games. Yards after the catch. Okay, his contested catch rate, which was one of the things that Allen Robinson generally excels at. 29.6%. That is 65th in the NFL. That's not what you're looking for in a big body wide receiver. Fantasy points per target, he had 1.3. That's number 90 in the NFL. So when you look at, okay, when you kind of isolate, yes, crap quarterback play, but when he did get the ball, what did he do? He basically flat, fl- fell flat on his face. His best comparable player, when you look at his metrics, his history, is Des Bryant. Des Bryant cratered at his age 25 season. 
excuse me, age 28 season. So to me, Allen Robinson, he's just a walking landmine. And yes, there's an opportunity for him to go in and step and, and take that Odell Beckham role. But you want to talk about Odell Beckham, okay? Yes, he didn't start as a Los Angeles Ram. But last year, when he did start in week 10, he had, okay, so he had two games as a wide receiver one, finishing as a wide receiver or nine and 11. One game as a wide receiver two, finishing at 21. Two games as a wide receiver three. And then three games where he finished worse out of the wide receiver three range. So, yes, Odell had an amazing playoff run. But, again, we're just we're getting stuck in this recency bias where these players can't just step in and, oh, you know, I've been good for three years, but all of a sudden I'm going to be good with this new quarterback. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's a reach relative to where you have to pay to get him on your team. No. A-Rob's going to smash. He's got the size and finally has the quarterback play. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this for eight years. I've been waiting for Allen Robinson to finally have yeah competent quarterback play you're gonna see him you know he's gonna wake up he's on a new team he wanted out in in uh in 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 chicago he wanted out it's cold there it's windy all the time it's miserable people shooting you up at the gas station like who wants to live there <laughs> go to la where it's warm they shoot you up at the gas station. but it's warm so that's right. next up that's right shane who's your next breakout candidate oh man i'm so fired up right now but this is a player we've been talking about him on the show. Rookie wide receiver, Chris Olave. Drafted first round by the New Orleans Saints. Now, Olave, from a let's call it from a sizzle perspective, he probably isn't the highest, he doesn't have the highest upside potential versus, say, a Drake London in this wide receiver class. But Chris Olave is probably the most complete wide receiver when it comes to just the ability to be pro ready from day one. Now, one of the knocks to Chris Olave in general when you look at his college stats was just the fact that he didn't really have a great yard after the catch, despite the fact that he's blazing fast. The problem is he was always in the bloody end zone. So it's hard to measure it as saying, oh, yeah, he doesn't have those yards after the catch. But you know, taking a step back, um, I will say that as we get more and more news about Michael Thomas, I think we're going to continue to see Chris Olave's ADP depress over the coming weeks and months. Now, the latest from what I've heard, and correct me if, from, if you've heard something by, different. By the way, that, just to compare but, those two, and at the moment, this is very important comparison. Yeah, sure. the, the The Michael Thomas thing is massively going to affect Olave. Olave really needs Thomas yes. to kind of have issues for him to have the possibility of a true breakout like what you're describing, especially with Jarvis Landry there yeah. now. Um, Michael Thomas is going WR40 overall at the moment with Olave at 45. So they're really close together. Obviously, Michael Thomas is an established elite player, but we don't know what the hell's going on with his ankles, with his desire to play, with his mentality. We're not sure what's going on with him, but reports have been good about Michael Thomas. So if Michael Thomas does come back, that will put the damper on Olave excitement in the short term. And I probably like, you know, if I'm given a choice today, what with all the information that's available for me right now at this moment, I'm massively favoring, and I went into the season not on Michael Thomas at all. I like that he's practicing. I see him running around, all that. I'm massively going to favor Michael Thomas at WR40. Again, way, way late in the draft in, in the ADP 81. So in the in the eighth round or so versus Olave, who's right at the end of the eighth round. Like he's coming in 92. So he's in the same round. A few picks later, I'm going to mm -hmm. definitely favor Michael Thomas, but I love Olave. He's one of my favorite uh, of the rookie class by far. Um, all right. 
Next yeah. up, I would say if you're drafting Chris Olave again, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay a lot for Chris Olave, but if you no, if you're going to draft Chris Olave, I would recommend patience. Yeah, it's it's not for that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that he's going to deliver. I don't know he's got a chance to deliver top 12 results this year. I love him in Dynasty. I like him as a long-term play. I don't think Michael Thomas is long for being on the Saints in a year or two. He could be gone. So I love Olave long-term. His long-term potential is one of my favorite rookies. I think maybe this year it's a little too soon. I, I am drafting him in best ball leagues, but I don't think that he'll be a guy that I'm comfortable starting at all in my redraft league, especially not early in the season. One guy, though, who you can get in this same Salary range, as a matter of fact, in exactly this zone that I think has potential to give top 12 fantasy production in 2022. I love these guys. This is who I load up on, on my best ball leagues, on my season long, because I want the top 12 production from a outside the top 36 uh, draft pick. And there's a few in this zone here. This is a really good spot to pick sort of high upside wide receivers in the eighth, ninth round. You've already filled out pretty much your entire team. Maybe you're taking your last wide receiver, you know, that kind of thing. I love Alan Lazard this year. Alan Lazard has shown in the past that in games where Devontae Adams didn't play, Lazard steps up and becomes a stud. And I'm not talking about like some PPR, you know, volume base. No, he's scoring touchdowns. He's putting up 20 plus when you're the focus focal point of Aaron Rodgers, and you have his trust on that team. He's got no one else to throw to think about it. Bobby Tunyon. Come on. Um, Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard. That's it. The rookie. When has Aaron Rodgers ever, ever trusted a rookie? That is not, I know I've, I watched this guy for a long time. That doesn't happen. So he is going to, Alan Lazard is the WR1 for the Green Bay Packers, and you can get him at WR39 overall. No draft capital. It doesn't take anything. He's free. He's in the eighth round. You've already filled your team out. All the players are there. It's the flex. Alan Lazard is going to win you your fantasy football league this season because you can you can grab a wide receiver that's a WR1. There's a couple guys here that's a WR1 on an elite passing offense outside of the top 36. I think Alan Lazard can get all the way up to top 12 fantasy production. Boom. It's hard to argue the massive upside potential for Alan Lazard. Now, again, before the show, we were talking about, do we love Alan Lazard or do we love Alan Lazard's opportunity? So it's going to be up to him to actually seize it up. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be up to him to seize the opportunity for sure. You're playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and he's got that built-in rapport. He's in that that circle of trust, which is so important with these old, grumpy-ass quarterbacks, right? Especially Aaron Rodgers. Christian Watson, I like him. The rookie wide receiver you were talking about. He's coming from a small school, North Dakota State. He was a senior. He played well at the Senior Bowl. But again, it's once, once you go up against these... NFL caliber DBs, is he going to be able to basically just, you know, fall down and get up and, and, and run after the catch for another 20, 30 yards? It's not going to happen. That's not how the NFL works. And so it's going to be a pretty damn steep learning curve. And man, I, I would say if I'm drafting a Packer this year, it's probably going to be Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. And then I'm going to 
I don't know, hands off the wheel, I would say. But if I'm in a range of Michael Thomas or Chris Olave or Alan Lazard, I'm absolutely going to take some shots on Alan Lazard just because the upside is massive. And you're right. He could easily finish as a top 12 wide top 12 wide receiver simply because of the volume. So yeah, I can't, I don't hate it. Lazard will be one of my highest owned players across all my leagues, across um, best ball leagues. He, I am loading up on him. I'm taking him well ahead of his ADP. I'm making sure he's one of the guys this season that I'm making sure winds up on my, I like, I like Michael Thomas as well, but I'm making sure I get all the shares of, Alan Lazard, I t- I've taken him over like guys who are going ahead of him. There, there's a lot of guys going ahead of him that I will take him over. I mean, I'll just give you a couple of examples here right now. Just, just, just ridiculous. Devontae Smith is going ahead of Alan Lazard. Terrible season. Russell Gage is going ahead of Alan Lazard. Ridiculous. Drake London under the tutelage of Marcus Mariota, one of the worst offenses we're ever going to see, like a horrible offense. Not ever, but a horrible offense for this year. Going ahead of Alan Lazard. Hunter Renfro, a guy whose entire game is based on PPR scoring that now is going to be competing with, (laughs) it's funny, with Devontae Adams for target is going ahead of this guy. Lazard, who can't score a touchdown. So um, uh, Hunter Renfro. So there's a whole zone of player. If you're taking Devontae Smith this year, just stop playing fantasy football. Stop. Don't do it. (laughs) Find another hobby you're not good at this right so there are so many players that i can jump to get lazard that he's on all of my teams um i do this every year when there's an oddball um situation in the adp last year it was cooper cup worked out really well got me um championships in almost every league that was just an oddball it was a weird thing where he was not being respected and i was like okay i'll take him same thing with lazard people Mm -hmm. people just think of lazard as like like what you said earlier, they think of him as like, eh, maybe this kind of mediocre player who is elevated by the fact that Aaron Rodgers likes him. I say everything I've seen about Lazard is he's a good, talented guy, catches what you throw at him, runs great route runner, can score touchdowns, has size. There's not, there's nothing not to like. There's not, I mean, it's just not, he's not a bl- he's not Tyreek Hill, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All you need is Aaron Rodgers um, yeah. sending you targets. I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes R- Randall Cobb at age 33 still kind of fine if he's throwing to you it's going to be good reach for lazard make sure you get him on all your teams and then you know this zone is a really good zone for wide receivers so there's a couple others in the zone but who who you have next uh, shane i just want to just one one little strategy thing if you decide to go with alan lazard in that range because i find i'm not getting a ton of lazard simply because that's a lot of times where i'm drafting my quarterbacks like you can get I mean, maybe a little early for Stafford, but if you know one of these, like Russell Wilson falls there, I'm okay taking Russell Wilson. But if you decide to go and and you want to spend a higher draft price, whether it be Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts in rounds six, seven, getting Alan Lazard, because that's also a sweet zone for for these breakout wide receivers, getting Alan Lazard in this range as your wide receiver three is absolutely banging way to start out your your fantasy team. I think that's a great build. But um, to go and, and finish off... I don't know if I want to say save the best for last, but maybe my favorite my favorite player in this list is Elijah Moore, man. Listen, there's a lot of risk associated associated with Elijah Moore. I get it. Um, I don't, you know, it's not a good argument coming in talking about all the negatives, but they drafted Garrett Wilson. We're not sure if Zach Wilson's any good. Brees Hall's going to be a stud out of the backfield. They got Michael Carter. 
The reason I like Elijah Moore is because we saw the breakout potential last year when he was on the field. We've seen it. And typically, once you've seen it, he also is a hyper-athletic athlete that I'm of the opinion he's going to go and become Zach Wilson's BFF. I mean, look, he took him out. uh, It was some some camp in in Colorado. I'd like to see that Zach Wilson's finally showing that leadership quality that some of the scouts said he had that, frankly, I didn't really see last year when I was watching the Jets. I mean, you're a Jets fan. I don't know if you saw a lot of it, but he's starting to step up a little bit. He's going to continue to develop that chemistry. And Elijah Moore is a proven asset in the NFL at this point. So when you look at potential breakout candidates in that range, again, he's going right in that Rashad Bateman range, but he's a little bit cheaper. If you don't want to pay the price on on Rashad Bateman, you can get Elijah Moore as a wide receiver 34 at 69 overall. So it's quite a bit cheaper, same upside potential, and obviously there's more competition on the team than say a guy like Rashad Bateman that I mentioned before, but that talent level could certainly could certainly win out. And that's one of the reasons, man, I, I'm drafting as much Elijah Moore as possible this year. Yeah, lots of talent there. Um, his his actual metrics as a wide receiver are spectacular. His get open rates and his catch rates yeah. on passes yeah. in his way. Um, you know, most of the passes his way aren't catchable because it's um it's Zach Wilson throwing them, but but Zach as far Wilson. as his actual athletics, his his personal talent is through the roof yeah um looks well, I, to i'm be, gonna bet on talent yeah i mean he's, it, he's it, only gonna be 22 but well. oper- i'm an opportunity guy and i do think opportunity is gonna be questionable if you're asking me to take a leap of faith that my beloved jets will all of a sudden become a good <laughs> offense all the ingredients are there don't get me wrong i mean they're the Bengals from last year they they are they're all the ingredients are there they have now a great running back Three really, really good. Maybe one of the best, and this is what sound ridiculous. Maybe one of the best wide receiver groups in the National Football League. When you when you look at all three of them, it's like one yeah. of the best. They have good yep. good guys at, at tight end, CJ Azuma. They're a good team. The offensive line massively improved. Um, Mackie Beckham coming back. You've got a first round draft pick at guard. Um, a, a, a breakout tackle from last season. Like everything is right about this Jets team except that they're the Jets. And this is Zach Wilson, who looked like ass last year. So, listen, I like that the, he's taking the team out on camping trips. They're going out. They're they're cougar hunting together. All that stuff. It's great. <laughs> My God. They're great. It's great what legends. What a legend. I love that everybody gives the juice. Even the, how, You know what's messed up about the Zach Wilson? I just got to get into this for a second. Everybody's yeah, yeah, throwing him respect as if he's like an, a a fourteen year old boy who 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 banged a hot a hot milf. His mom. He's twenty three. Any twenty three year old <laughs> can get any forty eight year old woman that they want. Like, <laughs> that is not an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, but that is not. But still, I like that they're giving him the juice for it. Great. I mean, but he, you know, come on. It's not the same thing as when you did it when you were thing. in high school, bro. Like yeah. now, it's just an old lady. One of the things we love about Joe Burrow is a swagger. So if, if Zach Wilson could develop, swagger, I don't care swag, what he does. Yeah, he needs a little yeah. swag. He needs a little swagger. Yeah. I hope it happens. Listen, dare to dream as a Jets fan, but I just I don't allow myself to dream these things. You get disappointed, but but there's also a lot of real reasons why Elijah Moore probably not a top twelve scorer this season, and it probably has a lot more to do with um, Chris Davis and and Garrett Wilson than anybody wants to let on. Plus, um, questionable quarterback play. So I love Moore. I love his talent. Great, great, great guy. Um, I want to throw an honorable mention out to um, a couple of names. 
the one that we just left off really primarily was Kadarius Tony, who I also think I, I like WR ones, which I think he is that you can get outside of the top 36. Kadarius Tony's WR one for his team probably this year. I don't see who is the number one wide receiver for the Giants if it's not Kadarius Tony. I don't think Kenny Galladay is that guy. So um, he's the one last one I'm going to give him honorable mention because I do think that if Brian Dable can turn the ship around and there's no more Jason Garrett and that alone is a massive elevation, um, that Kadarius Tony could pop off. And the other name that I think has real, real potential to rise up to the top 12 is going to be Darnell Mooney, 150 targets, very inefficient last year, uh, only catching 80 of 150, really didn't do much with the fantasy totals, but the target numbers were madness. And now no more, I don't even think it matters that Robinson's gone. Like they weren't throwing to Allen Robinson anyway. I think it doesn't matter. But if Darnell Mooney, if, if, if Justin Fields can be just a little bit better, a little bit more efficient, turn some more of those 140 targets that Mooney got last year into catchable balls. Darnell Mooney is, he, I think he's a special player. I, I think he might be somebody that we would all be going crazy for if he'd ever had any sort of experience playing with a real NFL quarterback. And maybe Justin Fields can be that this year. So that's it for me. Shane, you got any honorable mentions before we, uh, before we bounce no, I mean, look, there's there's a bunch of guys we like. Um, Amonara St. Brown, I feel like he's getting – he's starting to get, like, the reverse hi hype, right? I mean, at the start of the season, he was going way too early in drafts. And uh, obviously, as the season as the draft season um, evolves, he's falling. But he's now right around 60 overall. And Amonara St. Brown, I get there's a lot of target competition, but he's somebody who should certainly – at least at ADP, he's got great potential. I mean, look, he, he did it, right? He showed that he could produce as a number one wide receiver. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, just going back to the Darnell Mooney thing, Valus Jones doesn't scare me, Kevin. So I love Darnell Mooney. He's going to have a, a, a ton of targets. And so where are you at? Because this has been super controversial. Where are you on Gabriel Davis? Like, let, let, let's like let's just quickly talk about it because yeah, he's good now in the 40s. His ADP is 46. And I think it's just out of control, man. Yeah, um, it, it's gotten ridiculous for Gabriel Davis. Um, he, he's going to WR20. Um, I, I don't like this zone at all. That's where I'm I'm jumping Allen Robinson. Yeah. I'm taking him uh, a couple spots ahead. So I'm favoring a lot of the guys that are going after Gabriel Davis. But this is a zone in general be, between you and I that I avoid in the draft. Mm -hmm. I, I don't love Gabriel Davis. I like him. He's fine. But I think we're over-biased by a couple of really incredible games he had late last season. I think he'll mm -hmm. do just fine. But the Bills have a ton of weapons. I think the emergence of Davis, uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm lower on Stefan Diggs than everybody else, and I won't have any exposure. Yeah. That Bills team is very well-rounded now. You've got Jamison Crowder, who is a real NFL wide receiver in the slot. You've got Gabriel Davis on one side. You've got Stefan Diggs on the other side. And then you had a breakout of Dawson Knox. But wait, there's more. So Dawson Knox, the tight end, he broke out. This was not like him having a good year. He broke out last year. But wait, there's more. Now they've added a running back specifically there to catch passes in James Cook. So the, the mm -hmm. offense for the Bills is going to be spread out. I don't see these guys getting over seven or eight targets each. That includes Stephon Diggs. That includes Gabriel Davis. I think people are going to be – listen, it's a great offense. I want a piece of it. But um, I'm a DFS guy, Shane, and – None of mm -hmm. Davis might win you a tournament a couple times 
if he's priced low enough this year, but he's not going to be some DFS bargain. Oh, they're all going to be overpriced. Stefan yeah. Diggs did not show up in a nuts lineup even once last season because the, the target volume was down a little bit. I think that the target volume across the entire group is going to be down a little bit more now with um, so many weapons available to the Bills. So I'm definitely not on Gabriel Davis as the WR20. I like him, but I like him probably less than the Allen Robinsons, probably less than even the Darnell Mooney's of the of the world this year. So he's not going to be a guy that I have a ton of exposure to. Beautiful. Couldn't agree more. He, I, I have him about a round and a half after his ADP, so I have him ranked. So I guess I won't get, be getting the luggage. It might shift back. Usually what I found is um, in the end of the day, wherever we end up, like I, I end up like earlier in the season and then ADPs kind of catch up to some of the thoughts that we're saying like here now in July by, by mid-August. But yeah, I'm not on, uh, you know, I, I he's fine. Am I excited to go into each week with Gabriel Davis as my WR2? No. No, I'm I'm not feeling great about it. I don't think he's good. He doesn't project for more than seven targets a game. I'm trying to get guys that project for 10. Like even Rashad Bateman, he's going to project for eight or nine targets a game. You know, Darnell Mooney is going to project for nine targets a game. I'm in raw probably uh, that level. Um, and, and Lazard, eight or nine or 10. I like Lazard better than all these guys. Just take Lazard. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to win you your Just league. Mark, earmark this. Because everybody's going to forget that that this was, well, everybody knew that. That's what happens every year. Oh, everybody knew that. I said like it's Josh, so obvious. Josh Allen in year two, it, it, he said he's going to be yeah. the number one. He was going 16th off the board. Which is, this is the number one quarterback. He's ever like, oh, well, yeah, of course. Now everybody's like, oh, of course he was. Of course we knew that. Sure you did. So Lazard is like that for me, but um, Davis, I think he's going too high. He's going too high. All right, let's wrap it up there. Breakout wide receivers, 2022. Uh, we will be back. We've got the running back position. We're, we're still going to have a lot of breakouts at the running back spot. Um, we've got we've got a show coming up about players not to draft. So uh, a lot of great stuff on the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Getting you ready for your NFL draft, for your fantasy football, to crush your friends, to crush your leagues. Of course, if you're doing underdog best balls, which we are going nuts. I'm posting those on my Twitter account regularly. Just sign up. You want to take on the geek, want to rumble with the chief, bring it. But just know that when you fuck with the bull, sometimes you get the horns. So I appreciate your donations, but I am pushing, um, I'm pushing out, uh, best ball leagues, just leagues, 12 man, usually slow draft, $3, $5, $10. I like to do it. I like to do it against people who watch the show. That makes it more fun for me to crush you. So um, I like doing that. Get in some of those best ball leagues with me. Follow my Twitter at FFootballGeek. And make sure, again, that you're subscribed to the channel. You're, you're smashing that notification button so that when we put our next video out, you're there, you're watching it, you're checking it out, and you're crushing your friends. For Flex Shane, for myself, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.